0: You want to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. If you've got one of the Bibles coming in, it's page 928. Otherwise, uh, uh, got, we're going to have the verses up on the screens also. But if you need a Bible, be our guest. Take one. It's our gift to you. Just grab one on the way out and keep it. And uh, anytime, okay? The, we are in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20. And we're but in Acts, which you know, in Acts it's victory no matter what we're facing in life. Just in case somebody here facing something difficult or a challenge or a trial, not no nope, nobody nobody we know right Bob, uh, yeah nobody. So uh, so if you know someone facing a trial, you know victory no matter what we're going through, victory through our faith in Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. You got it, the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what it's all about, and we're gonna focus on that. And today's title is pursuing God's purpose. I'm going to fill it in. Pursuing God's Painful Purpose for Our Lives. I, I didn't warn you ahead of time. I left out of the title when I emailed, right? Because I knew nobody would show up. <clears throat> I was careful. Acts 20, 13 to 24. Pursuing God's pain, Painful Purpose for Our Life. As we know, last week, 9 11, uh, lots of uh, TV specials and, and lots of stories of people doing heroic things on 9 11. Uh, The movie World Trade Center, I don't know if you ever watched it. A lot of us don't want to be reminded, but it's a great movie about what happened when the towers crashed and a couple of people actually survived. So World Trade Center, if you get a chance to watch that. But but none was more heroic than, I mean many heroic, but nothing was more than heroic than the World Trade Center first responders, how they just charged in to those burning buildings. These firemen, these policemen knew some of those who got out, they all knew there was a good chance they were going to die. And yet they went anyway. Why? Because their purpose, their purpose in life was to save lives. Still is police and the firemen their purpose was to save lives even if it cost them their lives and we're going to see today that paul has the same focus and he i believe is the holy spirit's calling on us to have that same focus spiritually and that's why i titled this pursuing god's painful purpose for our lives let's pray father we thank you for the worship the way your Holy Spirit just touched our lives and prepared us for the Word and refocused us with all that's going on in our life, the way the Holy Spirit just moves through worship. We just thank you for that and just pray that your Spirit would move now. And if anybody here has never put their faith in Jesus, today would be that day. And for the rest of us, we would take steps of faith forward in our calling and our purpose, whatever you're calling us to do. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's, uh, we're going to pick it up with verse 17 today. Acts 20, verse 17. I'm going to use the, the, here we go. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. And I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me, if only I... Nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task. The Lord Jesus has given me the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Wow. Okay, here we go. Verses 22 and 23. We're going to read that again. And now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Paul was compelled by the Spirit. Paul was compelled by the Spirit, which is our whole theme of Acts, right? The Holy Spirit working in our life through through his word, but also through, through leading us constantly. And he was compelled by the Spirit. And notice this. The Holy Spirit not only convicts us to stop doing something, but the Holy Spirit also compels us to do something. He does both. He doesn't just convict us to stop sinful, you know, sin, sin in our life or something, uh, stop something that's self-destructive. He also compels us to do something positive. And here in Acts, the Holy Spirit is compelling Paul to go to Jerusalem to share the gospel there, which we are going to see when we focus on verse 24. He's compelling him to, to go there to share the gospel. But the Holy Spirit is also warning him about something on the way that Paul is going to suffer. He's going to suffer what? Hardships and prison. Both. Prison and hardships. You're going to suffer both. He's warning them. So the Holy Spirit, now get this, the Holy Spirit is compelling Paul to go to a painful place for his purpose. I told you you wouldn't want to be here. So what does Paul do? Well, does he complain? Does he bail out? Does he freak out? Nobody here does that, right? When the Holy Spirit compels us to do something faithful, we don't complain. No nudging your spouses. He doesn't, he, we, he, we don't bail out. We don't freak out, do we? Never. At least not in the last five minutes we've been here. What does he do? Verse 24, memorize this verse. If you don't have, just your next verse to memorize. Whether the Holy Spirit's leading you or not, I'm telling you. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Memorize this verse. Memorize this verse. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Memorize this verse. If you didn't, nothing else, memorize this verse. Paul doesn't focus. Look at this. Paul doesn't focus on the pain. but but God's purpose for the pain and for his life. That's what he focuses on. Not the pain, but God's purpose for the pain and purpose for his life. And look what he says. He's testifying, back to the verse, he's testifying, which means witnessing to the gospel, which means the good news, you saw two different versions there, of God's grace. What does grace mean? unmerited favor or a gift it's a gift it's something you're given okay it's a gift god's grace is a gift ephesians 2 8 9 for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not from yourselves is a gift of god not by works, so that no one can boast god's grace our salvation is a gift that we are given we are saved by putting our faith in god's gift to us that's the only way. We can't earn it. Not by work so that no one can boast. We can only be saved by putting our faith in God's grace. Our faith in God's gift. And what was his gift? <clears throat> what is his gift? John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The gift is God gave his son, Jesus. He loved us so much he gave his son, Jesus, to die for us. To die on a cross in our place, to take our sin, our punishment, our shame, all the garbage that we've done, the mess that we've made. He put it all on his son, Jesus Christ. And then whoever believes in him, puts their faith in Jesus, will have eternal life. And life that starts this very second and goes on through all of eternity with him someday. But we're not waiting for eternal life. We get it the moment we put our faith in Jesus. That's the start of our brand new life. That's his gift. That's his gift. That's, that's what Paul was testifying about. Verse 24, I'm going to read it again. Can you use, uh, for, for, I got a, a mental block here. However, I consider my life, just needed the first word. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's Grace. That is his focus. That's what Paul is doing, focusing on his purpose. But so often when we're on a trial, we focus on the trial, the pain, right, of that trial. That's what we focus on. But it's vital. Look what Paul does. It's vital to remember the focus of what God is trying to do in and through us. That has to be our focus. Who is God trying to impact? Who is He trying to save? What is He trying to accomplish with this pain? That is God's focus. If you've ever, uh, ladies, if you've ever had a baby, and I, I see one back there. Maureen, who's back here? Introduce the baby. What's that? Say it loud. Ava, congratulations, grandpa and grandma back there and mom. All right? But when you're waiting for that baby, we've been waiting for a long time to introduce this baby. So uh, uh, when, when you're waiting for that baby, it's pain, but what's the goal? If you focus on the pain, you'd be like, I'm out of here, you know? But, no, but you're focusing on, there's gotta be a baby here somewhere, right? In that pain. That's, that's what we, we, we have to focus on the result. Um, I have some pictures of when I, uh, berry, go berry picking. And, uh, I go into some crazy places for berry picking. Uh, most of you would never get there. I did get Laurel up there last year. It's in a crazy, crazy place. It's inaccessible pretty much. You had to carry her. <sighs> and, uh, and it, it and you can't believe where I go for berry picking. It's a secret berry patch, and I can't tell you because then I'd have to kill you. But I could, uh, I could blindfold you and, and take you up there. But the, the secret berry patch—I'm kidding. I share. But but crazy places, and what's up there? You can't believe the bugs are just swarming, and there's wasps. You get, I'm you know, stepping a wasp nest without knowing it—they're all stinging to me, and and uh, and I fall. I'm, you're climbing over these trees, and I fall. I'm like if I, I, you know, I bring my phone now because I, one of these days, who knows, right? So uh, I fall. I break break a leg or something. I can't but I hang on to the berry. I fall off these big logs, you know, these trees I'm climbing up on, and I fall off, but I hang on to my berries, you know. I'm like, I probably should have dropped the berries. I could have really got hurt here, right? But but the the things that we do, <clears throat> in fact in, in, in the in getting cut up, you can't believe how much I get cut up. Everybody's like, why don't you wear here, you know, there's my legs. That's that's nothing. You should see the back of my legs. You know, like big long cuts and stuff. People see me and say, <laughs> you know, I, berries, berry picking, I have to assure everybody. Because, uh, I wear the shorts all the time. But, but, it, but, I, I don't focus on that, that. What I, all I care about is getting my berries. That's all I care about is getting my berries. I, be, I get up at five in the morning, I get back before everybody wakes up and I got all these berries and then the, uh, oh, and even the kids, once in a while, they, they get into them. That's, that's uh, actually uh, Emily and Dee when they were younger. They used to put the berry stuff all over their face. But he, the little kids love the berries when I bring them home, too. Here's uh, one last picture. Oh, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> that's classic, isn't it? But what's my focus? It's the fruit. Right, I'm out there. It's the fruit you're having a, you know, you're in the labor. It's the baby. Focusing on the result, focusing on the end goal, focusing on the fruit. Where is God calling you? You can take it off. Okay, (laughs) nobody's gonna listen to me. gonna keep looking at Lucas. Uh, Where is God calling you? Where has He put you? What painful purpose? in your life how is he working in and through your life through that pain a lot of you remember uh, Linnell Hopewell, when he was with us before he went to heaven, and I'm so happy for that guy. But he spent so much time in the doctor's office or in the hospital. How much of his life, Jim? He's got to have the record, right? 40%, 40% of his time. He was always in the doctor's office or a hospital or getting his uh, treatments there. He was always getting the... What was that called again? The... Dialysis. Dialysis. He's always in treatment, and he'd be like, "Oh, Pastor Chuck, it was horrible. It was horrible today." And he'd be telling me, but, go, but then I had a chance to witness to someone. <laughs> Every time he's witnessing to someone, so witnessing someone, and I said, Linnell, that's your mission field. Every medical place you go is your mission field." He would just share with everybody. If you know Linnell, he just would share with everybody. It was awesome. That was his middle. That was God's. Purpose. That's where I said, Leno, that's where you do your best witnessing when you're getting some kind of treatment, you know. And and it was true. The nurses and all. Oh, uh, uh, unbelievable, right? But that's so often time what God does. He He has a painful place, a painful purpose for our life to achieve His purpose. But so much of our our time, so much of our life, we are trying to avoid. Pain, right? We try to avoid it. We try to avoid the inconveniences that we're faced with. We try to avoid anything that's uncomfortable for us, right? You know? We try to avoid change, right? We try to avoid it, you know, because it's uncomfortable to us. We will do anything to avoid suffering, won't we? In America. You know, what, anything we can do. It, 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 no, don't get me started. And but the result of avoiding suffering and doing anything to avoid suffering is we miss out on God's perfect purpose for our life. We miss out when we try to avoid any kind of trial or challenge. We miss out on God's purpose, his perfect purpose for our life. When we That's our whole goal. That's our whole goal. We miss out. And will we pursue God's purpose for our lives? No matter how painful, no matter the cost, even if it costs us popularity, it costs us our job, it costs us money, it costs means we have to move. It costs us our health even. It costs us persecution, death even. This is real now. In the old days, we should say, well, in other countries no." it's here. It, it, it could cost us everything here. There's a, a, an article I was reading this week about uh, Zelensky. And Zelensky, that's your QM. Uh, Zelensky, she has to, Kim needs to come in. All right, so uh, Zelensky, uh, they call it the Zelensky test, this article. It says, are you ready to die? Why most people fell flunk the Zelensky test. And the point of the article is why has this little country of Ukraine been able to withstand the evil empire of Russia, right? How have they been able to do that so long so far, right? Because of Zelensky saying, I am willing to die, right? But most – the point of this article, and it's not a Christian article, but most, most – the point of the article is most people flunk this task. They're not willing to die for what's important. They're not willing to sacrifice anything for what's important. Not even discomfort. <laughs> no pain. No gain. All right? Uh, you know, they're not willing to... You know, we're not willing to su- sacrifice any pain for some gain. And the the thing about this, as I was reading it, I'm like, you know, this is... M- most Christians in our country, right? Most of us don't even want to be uncomfortable, you know? What? Go down to Philadelphia? Are you kidding? You know? What? you know get off off my couch are you kidding you know you know we we we're not we're we're not willing to be, even be uncomfortable inconvenience much less experience pain Our, but the point of this is the zelensky test the test is for us as christians are we willing to die for jesus christ and are we willing to live for him <laughs> So, you know, that sometimes it's even harder, isn't it? Are we willing to live for Jesus Christ? Paul passed this test just before Paul was, how did he die? Beheaded. He was beheaded. Just before he was beheaded in 2 Timothy 4, 7, he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Paul passed that test. He passed that test. Are we ready for the Zelensky test? Are we ready to, to die for Jesus Christ? Are we willing to suffer for him? Are we ready to live for him and what it will cost us if we really will live for him? Because this is like if we're going to survive, if we're going to thrive in this world today is all that's going on. If, we're, if we want to make an impact for Jesus Christ, are we willing to count the cost? Are we willing to count the cost? Will we pursue God's purpose for our lives? Even when it's painful, inconvenient, uncomfortable, what it's going to cost us. Uh, a, a few months ago, Mike Fulmer was here. Remember, and he did Joy and Hope. He talked about suffering. These books are still in the back. But Kim was also reading a book uh, this week on suffering. And uh, I said, oh, you've got to just share that little synopsis from it. So where's my, where's my uh, assistant? I used to call her uh, Kim Van, I used to call her Vanna Wilson when she used to, she'd help me out with the, the kids so. that
1: was a long time ago <laughs> you haven't heard that long time right? no um, there's a great book, it's called Be Still My Soul uh, Embracing God's Purpose and Provision in Suffering um, it's edited by Nancy Guthrie but there's 25 classic and contemporary readings on the problem of pain really, really good book she breaks suffering up into three parts. God's perspective on suffering, God's purpose in suffering, and God's provision in suffering. And I'm just going to read you a little excerpt from each of those three things. Um, this is the first one, um, God's perspective on suffering. We live in a unique culture. Every other society before ours has been more reconciled to the reality that life is full of sorrow. If you read the journals of people who live before us, it's obvious they understood this. And that they were never surprised by suffering. We are the first culture to be surprised by suffering. When Paul writes to the people of his day, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, he speaks of suffering as a given. So that's the first part. Johnny has a, she has a chapter in here. I'm going to read a little excerpt from her too. God cares most not about making my life happy, healthy, and free of trouble, but about teaching me to hate my transgressions and to keep growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. God lets me continue to feel sin sting through suffering while I'm heading for heaven, constantly reminding me of what I've being, I am being delivered from, exposing skin, sin for the poison it is. In short, one form of evil, suffering, is turned on its head to defeat another form of evil, my sin, all to the praise of God's wisdom and glory. Johnny Arsentata. Everybody, she's a paraplegic. She was. She, um, yeah. Um, the second part was God's purpose in suffering, and this is a great excerpt from uh, Helen Roosevelt. I don't know who this is, but when cost becomes a privilege, I felt un- unutterably alone. For a brief moment, I felt God had failed me. He could have stepped in and prevented. This rising crescendo of wickedness and cruelty. He could have saved me out of their hands. Why didn't he speak? Why didn't he intervene? And in desperation, I almost cried out against him. It is too much for me to pay. Yet his love for me cost him his life. He gave himself in that one all-sufficient atoning sacrifice at Calvary. He loved so, he so loved that he gave his all. His sacrifice was the expression of his great love. But his sacrifice had achieved something. He had saved lost mankind from their sins. What was I achieving by suffering, brutally, at the hands of rebel soldiers? If I died, which seemed probable and imminent, no one would even know of the suffering. What was being gained? God, why? Why? And in the dark loneliness, he met with me. He was right there, a great, wonderful, almighty God, His love enveloped me. Suddenly the Y dropped away from me, and an unbelievable peace flowed in, even in the midst of the wickedness. And he breathed a word into my troubled mind, the word privilege. These are not your sufferings. They are not beating you. These are my sufferings. All I ask of you is the loan of your body. He offered me the inestimable privilege of sharing with him in the fellowship of his sufferings, and it was all privilege. God's provision in suffering. This is Packer, J.I. Packer. Is there a single servant of Christ who cannot point to some thorn in the flesh, visible or private, physical or psychological, from which he has prayed to be released, but that has been given him by God to keep him humble and therefore fruitful? Paul perceived, however, that the thorn was given him not for punish- punishment, but for protection. Physical weakness guarded him against spiritual sickness. The worst diseases are those of the spirit. Pride, conceit, arrogance, bitterness, self-seeking. They are far more damaging than physical malfunctioning. He could accept it as a wise provision on the part of his Lord. It was not for want of prayer that the thorn thorn went unhealed. Paul explained to the Corinthians what Christ's response was as he prayed about it. He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. It was as if the Savior was saying, I can demonstrate my power better by not eliminating your problem. It is better for you, Paul, and for my glory in your life that I show my strength by keeping you going through the thorn. So Paul embraced his continuing disability as a kind of privilege. I will all the more gladly boast of my weakness that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So those are just three little excerpts in this book. It's a really good book if you wanna What's
0: read it. the name of it again?
1: Be Still My Soul, Embracing God's Purpose and Provision and Suffering.
0: You might get some for this. Yeah,
1: I can get some I can order some if anybody wants one. <laughs> thank you.
0: Yep. All right. Thank you. Yeah, she was yeah, she was reading, yeah. She was reading that and reading the excerpts. I said, You gotta share some of this because it was so good. And uh, I go that's just what we're preaching on this week and and just an exclamation point, well, I want to encourage you to memorize verse 24, to really memorize it. However I consider my life worth nothing to me, if only I may finish the race and, and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Just to memorize that and let it really sink in and, and just take that home from, from this passage here. And uh, you know, And remember, Jesus Christ had a painful purpose, didn't he? He had a painful purpose. <laughs> Hebrews 12.2 says, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow... Oh, that's verse 3. Can you back up one? Did I give you the wrong one? Uh, well, anyway, I'll read that one too. But uh, consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. But just before that, Hebrews 12.2 uh I just need the first word. Uh, ver- Hebrews 12, 2, the one before. I gave them the wrong one. I'm sorry. I thought I corrected that. Uh, he endured. Uh, give me the first word. What's it? Yeah. Uh, who for the joy set before him, if I need the. What's that? Yeah. 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 Okay. Who? Okay. Here we go. Who for the joy? Okay. Now getting it together. That's why I need the who. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning at shame. Who for the joy set before him endured the scot. Endured the cross, scorning its shame. That's what Jesus did. He what he uh, he was focused. Jesus was focused. He endured the cross. He was crucified on that cross. He was killed on that cross. He scorned the shame of that. Dying on a cross was an incredible shame in the Roman. They they tried to totally humiliate the person being crucified. But he took that why? Who for the joy set before him? What was that joy? Uh, yes, our salvation—that was his joy. Exactly, our salvation was the joy set before him. That's why he died on that cross in our place. That's why he—that's why he went through that shame, so that we could be saved. So that when he rose again from the dead to prove he was the son of God and prove he could give us a brand new life, we could put our faith in what he had done for us and have a brand new life and be saved. Maybe God has brought you into a place of pain. Maybe you're not a Christian yet, but God has brought you into a painful place for a purpose. Your salvation. Just as Jesus went through pain for our salvation, God often has to bring us to a painful place in order to achieve our salvation. You know what I'm talking about? Often he has to break us and bring us to our knees so that we will come crawling to the cross. God puts us in that painful place and breaks us, brings us to our knees so that we'll crawl to the cross and find Jesus Christ. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you put your faith in Jesus? If you haven't, I encourage you to do it today. We're going to pray in just a moment. Do it today. Do it today. Let's pray. Has God brought you to the place of brokenness to your knees have you come to the cross crawled to the cross on your knees and acted on God's love and God's gift for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Have you ever crawled to the cross and believed, put your faith and your trust and given your life to Him? You can do that right now. You don't need a religious person or a religious ritual. You don't need anything. All you need is a prayer of faith. The simple prayer of faith. God, I repent of my old life, of my sin, of the garbage, of the shame. I repent. Please forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith in Jesus. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I receive your gift of grace. If you have received God's gift of grace, something incredible has happened to you. Spirit is now in you. You now have a whole new life in Jesus. It starts this second and it will never end. I want to encourage you to let somebody know you've given your life to Jesus. Maybe you're here with a friend or family member. Let somebody know today. Maybe you fill out the card, stick it in the box. Text me, call me, let somebody know. Tell me on the way out. Tell tell somebody today. Because we're going to be excited for you and help you grow in your new faith. For those of us who are already Christians, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Would we pray, God, use me. Fulfill your purpose in me. Fulfill your purpose for my life. I surrender everything. I surrender to what your purpose is, even knowing it's going to include pain. But it's going to accomplish something beautiful. Changed lives, touched lives, touched hearts. Will we surrender to him today? We pray this in Jesus' name.